So the Frogs is about... Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Show us the butthole clips. I'm sure he loves rolling in his grave. Listeners, update that Wikipedia page. Our sequel is Frogs 2, colon, Frogs Who? Hey everyone, welcome to We Wrote the Book, the podcast where every episode, a bunch of theater nerds come up with the concept for a brand new musical. I'm your host, Christian Adderholt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Olivia Wise. Hello. Hey, Olivia. So, uh, today, I want to do something a little different. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, Stephen Sondheim passed away recently. Stephen Sondheim was possibly one of the most influential, um, playwrights, uh, scriptwriters, uh, songwriters in the 21st century for a musical theater, and... I want to talk a little bit more about him, let people learn a little bit more about him. Uh, you've probably heard some of his famous stuff like West Side Story or um, Sweeney Todd. He's done a lot of other stuff. But I wanted to bring on somebody who knows a lot more than I do to talk about Stephen Sondheim a little bit more and kind of have a learning experience. So um, please welcome our Sondheim guest, William Soler. Oh, Sondheim guest! Hello. Hi. Hi. So... William, for, for people who don't know, maybe they just stumbled on this podcast, they don't know how they found it, but they're like, okay, who's Stephen Sondheim? Let, explain. Just explain, okay. Yeah, no, Stephen Sondheim uh, is one of the most, uh, probably one of the most well-known um, musical uh, writers um, on Broadway uh, of the late 20th century. Um, he really, like, breaks out and has tons of uh, tons of shows that have um really captured a lot of people's ideas uh you know he's gosh he's had what three or four movies made of his musicals which uh way past way past the golden age right we're talking about uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the forum we're talking about into the woods we're talking about sweetie todd um I'm sure that there have been more as well. West Side Story is a really uh, Side, big one. Well, yes. Uh, but, of course, you know, West Side Story is seen as a Bernstein show. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Stephen Sondheim wrote the lyrics for it. There are also some, like, um, rumors and ideas that maybe, like, even Sondheim wrote some of the music. Um, just because, you know, he kind of had that uh, proliferation. He also wrote the lyrics to Gypsy, which is, like, one of the Broadway shows that that are important to Broadway people in a lot of ways. So, like every major female talent ends up doing that show is it is tied to that show. So um, so in your opinion, yeah. what makes Sondheim so different from like what what made him so well known? Is there anything that kind of sets him apart from other um, playwrights and music writers, things like that? Um, I think that the biggest thing is that his music is so recognizable. Okay. Um, he he writes music in such a way uh, that it really, no matter 
where the framework is and like what the show is about, you still hear him. And I, you know, I think that like there are other people that we really tie to in that way that sound the same in that way and uh, still have a name like that, right? Like we would think Rodgers and Hammerstein, all that music, you know, sounds the same, right? It's very clear that it's that. Whereas Sondheim's music really like pays, paves this road in sounding like what it is, but also really fitting the themes that he's talking about. And there's um, this really good, um, there's this really good podcast episode on the daily where they cover Sondheim's kind of, uh, impression on a theater critic. So the theater critic is being interviewed in the podcast and he talks about how Sondheim started to write music for musicals that told that like were really integral to the story like he focused on what part of the story needs to be told through song rather than in other musicals you might get the song is like a break from reality or okay um it is and i guess it is still in his musicals but it's like it's needed. But like it furthers the plot. It furthers the plot, and it also just expresses. I don't know. There was something. I wish I could remember exactly that's, what. That's that's really interesting because uh, I'm sure for those of you who don't know, old school musicals, like really old school musicals, first kind of wave of them, like um, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, is probably a good example. Is plot happens, plot happens, big song. Plot happens, plot happens big song and then there's not and like there's not a lot of connective tissue in between those two yeah they might be singing about how they're feeling but if you take the songs out songs out it's still a cohesive story and so it kind of sounds like uh Sondheim was one of the first probably not the first but one of the people to kind of like really popularize that where it becomes like if you take the songs out of this story you lose a lot of the plot you lose a lot of the reasoning behind it and Sondheim was like well let's use it let's use it to drive stuff forward yeah, there and and if you guys want to like uh, read Sondheim talking about like musicals and everything like that, he has a book um, where he talks about like how to how to write um, a musical, and I'm just I can't for the life of me remember the title now. I had it and then I don't have it, but that's fine. Well- um, he brought you in as a Sondheim expert. And you can't <laughs> give us that. It's fine. It's fine. I know. It's fine. I guess it's I fine. Know. Um, but he, but, you know, he's he's a really interesting writer that really like focuses in on uh, the uh, essentials. Like while uh, you know, there are some people that like look at his music and and see it as this like standpoint where like oh, it just sort of goes everywhere. You know, it 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 kind of rumbles around and just sort of recycles itself, but. Um, the way he wrote music is he wrote it as specific as possible. That, like, if it wasn't essential, it wasn't going to be there. Um, just, just wonderful. Just, yeah. Is the book called Putting It Together? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, that is what I'm talking about. Thank you. Thank you, Olivia, for being our expert. For being our expert. Google expert. There you go. So, William, you were talking about how I knew about West Side Story because... I'm a theater nerd, but I was also a band nerd in high school, and we played some of uh, West Side Story stuff, and so they would give us, like, the credits of who wrote it, and you would see Sondheim every so often. But you said a lot of people probably wouldn't even know that Sondheim did it because 
so familiar with other people. Are there, for somebody who is considered one of the most influential and, like you said, recognizable um, theater artists of the 21st century, 21st, 20th, together, what, um, are there any shows that you think people should know about that they probably just wouldn't? Uh, yeah, there's definitely, like, a iceberg uh, to Stephen Sondheim, as that's becoming kind of a, a thing on Reddit nowadays, of talking about, like, what people know and what people don't. Um, I would say that, like, the ones that, you know, the general person might know are obviously the ones that are were turned into movies, right? Like, like Into the Woods, like Sweeney Todd. Um, other ones that might have shown up uh, for people are, are maybe, uh, obviously, those that that knew that he died probably would know Sunday in the park with George, which is about George Surratt. Cause that is the song that all of the Broadway people were singing, um, in times square to kind of remember him, uh, when he died. Uh, but then there are definitely some that a lot of people may not know are his, um, at least from the perspective that like people don't play them or listen to them because, um, you know, while he was very like, a very great composer and he was prolific meaning he made a lot there's some stuff that that didn't do well when they came out okay um, so what what would you say is kind of like a good example of that i would say probably like a good example of that would be the show um probably the show anyone can whistle okay anyone anyone can whistle yeah so i'm not familiar with that olivia do you know anything about anything can whistle Anyone can whistle. Anything, anything can whistle. Uh, anything can whistle. We'll anything right can there. whistle. No, no, oh, no, let's guys, see. Guys, what was it about? Anyone, that one was about. Um, it was a uh, a competition in okay. Sweden, I think, where got it. Um, where there's like a big whistling competition, and it's like been happening throughout the city for years and years and then this one person comes up and he's like dude anything could whistle and so then he brings on like animals and stuff and like trains them how to whistle and okay okay i like that, that yeah that's surprising that that one wasn't as well received i mean i guess part of it is probably because of the amount of animals that they had to be that they had to train to whistle yeah it's a you know kind you of know, like when you have production. a when you're trying to train a dog to whistle and like a horse to whistle like what's the big conflict here in in the show what, what um, would you say like so we have the beginning is that the beginning where it's like we set up the stakes there's the big whistling competition actually let's answer the first question is there any songs or only whistles I think there, that there are uh, like well, there, there very are recognizable songs, songs not... that uh, that are whistled, like oh, only whistle things like so, toxic. So, okay, like toxic. Okay, so this is like a musical review. This is like a jukebox musical, but using whistles. De- yeah, definitely yeah. not. That's love it, like, love it. Okay, literally okay, so, the opposite of what a composer so, does. No, 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 no. You're, you're. It's great. It's great. Okay. Um, um, Olivia, this is I'm so interested in this. So so what else happens in this show? Because I've never heard about this. Uh, William, I don't know why you haven't said anything yet. Looks like a wh- yeah, Olivia's I'm just doing trying a job. To... No, no, uh, Olivia, Olivia, no, keep it's... going. Keep going. Well, okay. Uh so what happens next is um well, he starts training all these animals how to whistle to like prove his point. To like freaking this what's this competition? Anyone can whistle. And then the animals get angry. Because they're like, Ooh, we don't animals. I like it. We don't want to whistle. We want to so go it's... eat grass. 
Um, so, so the animals are so, talking? So, so it's the bee movie, is what you're saying. You're saying it's... No, there's no interspecies romance in this. It's just okay, anger. Well, so can I tell you guys what like the show's actually about, or... Is it is more not... interesting than what I just said? I mean, it kind of, I think, maybe. Is that right. not, Olivia, did you lie? Is that not, is that not the show? I'm not lying. I'm just retelling from my perspective. Ah, okay. And memory. Okay, well That's then, all right, let's so hear like, William's perspective on the show, I yeah. guess. So the, the show is about this, like, um, this town that is definitely down on its uh, luck, financially speaking. And so the mayor decides to create like a fake miracle in order to attract tourists. Um, and then there's this like sanatorium and this doctor and this like nurse rather uh, that um, gets uh, involved, who is part of that and, and a bunch of the inmates get involved in the story from the local asylum called the cookie jar. Okay. So how does this have um, to do with whistling? Yeah, where does the whistling come in? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you um, title it, the show something that doesn't even happen at the show? Exactly. Where's the whistle? I, I mean, I mean, like there is still like whistling, uh, and so like is, is that the, the miracle? Anyone can whistle. Um, is that the miracle no, that anybody I wanna, can whistle? I, I mean, I don't want to give t- like I want these people, the people listening, to like go see the show. I don't want to. Oh, I'm sorry. Where can they see the show, William? Is it still I mean, running on Broadway? It's not on Broadway, but like you know, these these shows are. Gonna it's not on Broadway. How many? How not many? On Broadway. Just out of curiosity, how many shows did it actually run on Broadway? Um, not very many. Yeah, I mean, it was it was dominated for best choreography. I'll, okay. I'll okay. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I will. You Don't know what? you then think it, might... it would have won best choreography if <laughs> there were you. dancing animals in the show? I completely agree. Who are also women. If there were, yeah, you know what? That that's true. How about we? How about instead we focus on another one? All right. No. No. Wait, no, no, no. 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 Let's want... talk about the the number one hit song I remember from Anything Can Whistle. Uh, anyone can whistle. No, anything. Anyone, I think she remembers it right. Anyone. Okay, can here I... it goes. Anything can whistle, even this cow. Do a little dance and whistle now. Murmur. And that's uh, Olivia. Can you can you not whistle? Huh? Can you not whistle, Olivia? You guys heard it. That was. Did you? Did you, did you, can you not whistle? Sure, sure I can. You just didn't is hear this, it. it was is so this new information? Is this new lore? <laughs> wow, okay. Wait, well, okay, look, uh, just give me one more chance. I was a little nervous because singing makes no, no, me no, very no, no, emotionally no, no. It's okay. raw. It's, it's great. I'll add it in post. We'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I can do it guys i just have to warm up it's about like it's fine it's olivia you're doing looseness. great olivia it's it's this is not lip embarrassing lipper. at all so people can't whistle it's not like it's not like coming in claiming to be a steven sondheim expert and then knowing absolutely nothing about the shows that he's talking about. why did steven sondheim write this musical that's a total lie 
Not everyone could whistle. No, and see, you know what? I think we should rewrite this one. No, you know what, Stephen no, Sondheim, he got it no, wrong. I think, yeah. He got it wrong. I, I, you know, come on, like, you know, guys, I let's, think, let, let's move on. Let's just try another one. Let's try no, another one. No, 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 no. Okay, what happened? Olivia, Olivia, what happens at the end of at the end of your show? So we've got the, the big thing. The conflict is the animals don't necessarily want to whistle. So what happens at the end of anything can whistle? Do, do we convince the animals? You're doing a great job, Olivia. You're doing a great job. So at the end of this musical, um, all, all the animals take over and then they make a, a, a human circus where... Oh, wow. Where they say all the people can, uh, can growl and then everybody has to growl for for animals entertainment okay and what song is this set to because you said toxic is one of them what song is this set to this one is set to um unwritten by natasha beddingfield oh okay a complete makes complete sense you know i love it um yeah staring so- at the human <sighs> before you open up the dirty cage now let the human come out and say a big growl incredible incredible I honestly, I don't want to be disrespectful, but Olivia, that honestly sounds better than than the original. Thanks. Oh, okay. I think so too. I, All you, right. you know what? Oh, that's this is a great idea, William. Thank uh, you for this idea. Let's let's move ahead. Let's move ahead. Let's see what we can do with the other ones. Why, why, why might I just tell you about the, the next one? No, no, yeah, just go ahead and like, give us the next one, one and we'll my, see what we can do with it. I love my, it. Great idea. My favorites. No, but so okay. So this one is a, a particularly special one in my opinion okay. because it's a really interesting like setup for how a show kind of comes about. Uh, okay. The show was originally performed in uh, Yale University's like swimming pool. Okay. Meryl Streep, Sigourney, and Sigourney Weaver were in the ensemble of this. Version, wow. Okay. Which is, like, That's pretty impressive. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd like to tell you about the show, The Frogs. Okay, I'm so going to stop you the there. Fro- I'm going to stop you there. Nope, nope, I'm going to stop you there. The Frogs. So the first, when I hear The Frogs, here's what I think of Olivia. Mm-hmm. Do you remember our Mothman episode? <laughs> yeah. William, were you were you on that episode? I can't remember. Um, you, were you on the Mothman episode? Was I that, think that one was Olivia, Skid was Jones. That? Was that Skid Jones? Yeah, I think because it, it was really good. It was so funny. He's so funny. He's and you know what the best part about Skid Jones is? He just goes with a bit. Part? Yeah, he just yes yeah. ands all the time. He is he is right on it. He's always on that Skid. That's Skid. So, but either way, I digress. Um, so in the Mothman, we were talking about some other cryptids we liked, and wasn't there one where it's just like giant toads that stand in the stand in the road? Oh yeah, there was. It's called the Loveland Frog. The Loveland Frog. So, um, that's my first thought when I hear frogs. I was like, I guess we're making a Loveland Frog musical. You know, Christian, I want to just say that that was also my first thought when I heard well, the frogs. You know, we've been doing this for a while now. I think we're able to, like, pick up what the other's putting down a little bit better yeah. now. I think we're doing great. Doing a little mind meld here. There you go. Mind meld. So, um, so William, what's the first part of this Loveland Frog musical? So the frogs is about Dionysus. No, 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 no. Uh, no. Okay, okay, okay. How about this? How about this? I'll let you tell us what this is about once we fixed it. 
We fixed it, well, and then you can tell. All right. Okay. Yeah. Once once we've made Just... you know the, the the better version. I don't want to say better. The different, the 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 more attractive version. Yeah. yeah. As soon as we piss on someone's grave. Yeah. Okay. So. And their legacy and. It's it's fine. He he was a good sport. It, lots of stories yeah. of him being able to take a joke. Okay, so I think in this case, Meryl Streep obviously plays the witch that cursed the toads, right? Oh, was there a witch that cursed the toads? Is that how they came I about? I don't think that there was a witch that cursed the I toads. I think I'm going to bastardize the story a little bit. It's also, I love Meryl Streep. No, 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 it's, it. also, it's also... It's also uh, look, okay, okay, hold on, guys. Guys, I'm I'm totally... I'm, I understand that I just have to get out of my own way for a second. But I will put my foot down when the show is called... The frogs. The show should not be about toads. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What was um? Ever, anyone can whistle about? Was that about whistling? Mm. Yes, there was whistling involved. <laughs> there was whistling involved, but it's about a miracle. And the not statement about, about everyone can whistle is is not just about like whistling, bro. I'm Listen, sorry. But, like, is, come on. Okay, 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 okay. Meryl Streep is the witch toad that cursed the frogs. There, I love it. The witch, I love it. better. The witch the frog that it? cursed the frogs. Just no toads. Why? Pull my foot down. Why that makes the toads the, the villain. That makes the toads the villain. So we would like to create like uh, racial lines between amphibians. Is that what you'd like to do? How about this? Will Is you, that what you'd like will, this show to be about? Is this show this about show, amphibian race? Uh, this amphibianism. The show will be a puppet performance. All right, I'll allow toads. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And <laughs> lore, toads William. are magical. Anyway. Yeah, and, exactly. And and William. Famously a lover of puppets. A oh. puppet lover, if you will. I don't know about uh, famously. Uh, a puppet file? A puppetophile? A, I don't uh, yeah, like uh, that. Uh, a puppetophile. That, that, su- that suffix is really a problem for me. A jepetophile, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, mean, you mean that I have a thing for old Italian doll makers? <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't? Okay. Who wouldn't? I mean, they're so good with their hands. Mm-hmm. Rough and strong. But they delicate. got They got the wood. They do have so much wood. So Meryl Street, um, the puppet toad witch, curses these frogs. What happens then? So that's the beginning of the show? Yeah, I think so. Okay. okay. Like uh, uh yeah, they get in a f- in a fight with the toad. Maybe they like walked on the on Meryl Streep Toad's property, and Meryl Streep Toad's okay, like, yeah, I told yeah. you guys to stay off my toadstool. A very kind of a little bunny foo-foo kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. Going um, with the classics. I like it. I like it. So, I think maybe the... Oh, gosh, this is hard. Because now, were they so, toads... Be, or were they frogs before they were cursed? So, I like the idea that there were small little frogs, and she was just being cruel. She yeah. she gives them sentience, and that's not something that they were expecting to have. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So then they're, these frogs become like humanoid frog puppets. Now, who is the lead? So you said it was Sigourney Weaver is also um, is, was also they, in the they show? Were in the, they were in the ensemble. I think also um, uh, Christopher Durang was also okay. in there. Okay, uh, so who's a, a playwright. It, it's a got it to you. Uh, got it. Yeah. Okay, so um, but let's say so. Do we want this entire show to be centered around these frogs and them learning to be more human because now they are humanoid, or is this centered around somebody finding these frogs 
and teaching them um is this like a teaching is this like a school teacher kind of thing you know um where it's like how do i reach these frog kids and how do i teach them arithmetic oh yeah this could be like a like a young adults or what is it called a theater for youth show yes Yes. if 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 it helps you out when um it was re-revised for broadway uh, later it was partially re-revised with nathan lane writing parts of the book to fix some of the issues so no is nathan lane the one from serendipity nathan lane is basically from everything um, Nathan Lane is in uh, The Lion King. He's in The Producers. I'm not thinking of the right guy. Nathan Lane 100%. Nathan Lane is one of the producers in The Producers that's not Matthew Broderick. Um, I he plays Max Bialystok. Yes, he is Timon's voice in The Lion oh, King. Oh, who if is you, I thinking if you of? Watched, if you watched <laughs> Modern Family, he played the, uh, uh, the friend Pepper. Yes. He's in, um, he's in a lot, of, he's in Angels in America. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in so many things. Nathan Lane is in enough, a bunch he of also, stuff. He also played, uh, Pseudalus in one of the revisions of Sondheim's A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. That's correct. So, okay. Uh, which was also played by Whoopi Goldberg and Christian Adderholt. Um, Great, let's move on. Um, yeah. so that, that lets us know, I, I refuse to talk about that show anymore. Um, they it knows what it did. How do you so, think Christian uh, helped, stood up against Whoopi Goldberg? Probably not great. Honestly, <laughs> not great. I don't have an Oscar, a Tony, a Grammy, any of those things. You weren't in Ghost. Is she I an was, EGOT? I, I yeah, she's an EGOT. Is she? She is. Who 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 else are EGOT? I know that we're uh, most of them are so. composers, but we'll yeah. You know, well, do of some course, research I'm really just trying to like derail us from this. So, so that okay, so can stop. So are we going to be do? We're going to do a young adult musical, uh, or a child's musical about teaching frogs arithmetic, teaching frogs how to be children. I love yes. it. Yes. So so Nathan Lane is the precocious kind of like leader of this gang of street tufted uh, Loveland frogs. Mm-hmm. And um, by the time a teacher stumbles upon them, maybe a teacher, she is coming. Um, she's Sigourney Weaver is the teacher and she's the only one that's not a puppet because we, we're going to describe Nathan Lane as tough. Yes. Yes. That's oh, yeah. totally yeah. ironic for people that know the actual show that we're talking about. Uh, yeah, it'll be really it'll be really ironic assuming we ever talk about it because this one's so good. People are going to be like frogs who mm-hmm. now um, that's a much better title for a show. Frogs who? <laughs> so, so they're like a gang of street toughs. Maybe we have a couple songs where they're like, "We make our way, we hop where we go." Ba ba da ba da ba da ba da. And then yeah. Sigourney Weaver, just right out of teaching school, I don't know. Maybe this is in the eighteen hundreds. She's got like the frilly, the frilly dress and everything. She's got her nice little leather briefcase, briefcase, and she's ready to learn. And she ends up uh, getting off at the wrong train station. Ooh. Um. And she's looking for a schoolhouse. She gets to the wrong city, and she finds this abandoned city where the frogs have settled. Mm-hmm. Um, and she stumbles into the the schoolhouse, and uh, she's just waiting for teachers. And then um, one, I mean, she's waiting for students. And one of the frogs hops in. Um, she freaks out for a second, but then 
they see the writing on the board and they're like, what's all that mumbo jumbo? And then she has a song where she teaches them the alphabet. Aww. She's got a fun alphabet song in there. Um, and they're like, ooh, I really like this. And she's like, I think I can make a difference with these frog children. That's adorable. I See, I think it's going great. So, and then she has to so teach them to is... like, use their little magic wands for good instead exactly. of for naughtiness. Exactly, and Nathan Lane's character is, like, trying to... He's, like, pushing back against it. He's trying to, like, get her to leave and stay, yeah. like, we were we were happy before before you got here, yada, yada, yada. And they kind of have that go back and forth. Um, and maybe he has, like, a big prank that really, like... That really upsets her, and, like, she's a, she's about to leave. Like, they, he finally convinces her to leave, and, like, that's the act break. He has the big disruptive song that just, like, really breaks her down, and she's like... I guess, uh, I guess I was hopping mad thinking I could do something. And uh, so she decides to leave, riveting. but then, yes, exactly. <laughs> it sounds riveting. She was, thank you. Thank you. And she was, you know, it's just like, um, this is what happens when you go up against a bullfrog. Sometimes you get the horns. Um, oh. Just a bunch of fun puns in there. <laughs> and then Nathan Lane's character gets convinced by um, one of the other frogs, maybe the very first frog that she taught, like how important it is that they know that they know this stuff now. Now they can go do their own frog business. They can go into the city as confident frogs and they can, you know, they can go, they can participate in transactions this... now. They don't have to steal. They can get their own frog jobs. Another hundred, uh, another hundred frogs. Exactly. Off of the bus. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. And are looking around at another hundred frogs. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, we heard this is the place to learn. We heard we leave it on. There's overpopulation of frogs, and now there's gonna be a frog massacre at the end. Oh, beautiful! I love it. That's the sequel. A frogsacre. She she's waiting at the train station, and Nathan Lane's character has to hop to try and stop her frog from leaving. Apocalypse. <laughs> there you go. A frog. <laughs> a frog apocalypse. Frog apocalypse. Well, well, well. You know what? Sondheim's next frog. If he has another frog-based musical, we'll write that. We'll write that one. But right now, we're doing the frog teaching angle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Free, yeah. Freedom riders, but freedom frogs. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I didn't want to say it because it felt a little insensitive. So I'm glad you took the heat for me. Um, uh, I'm not the one coming up with this idea. I just wanted just to did. talk about Sinheim's musicals. So, but so he, ha- so Nathan Lane's character has to hop and stop her from getting on the train. Um, they have a big touching song about how maybe they can learn how to be, they can learn how to coexist. It's not like a romance, but it's like you know. They're learning how to be friends. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, we have a final show where she's kind of revitalized the entire town. Nathan Lane's character becomes the mayor. Uh, They have like a, it becomes very kind of like white picket fancy. Like you see one of the frogs on a bicycle delivering milk. It's a whole, it's a whole lovely little, it's like. um, Do do frogs drink milk? um, Magic Loveland frogs. Yeah, anthropomorphic magic frogs drink milk. and And the final song is learning to love the land. And uh, there you go. Okay, so any anything else you want to add to that, Olivia? If not, I think we've got a nice little we've got a nice little like synopsis. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Great, I think it's solid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like that gives us what we need. So, William, I guess tell us what Frogs is actually about. I mean, it's not as good, but tell us what it's about. Yeah. So, Frogs is gonna. Hey, Olivia, should we go to intermission? 
Yeah, you know, I really have to use the bathroom, so... Okay, yeah, let's go to intermission. everyone welcome to intermission um so our intermission we're gonna stick with what we kind of normally do we're gonna go over to olivia's random bullcrap corner what do you got for us olivia all right well today we are looking at broadway horoscopes andrew lloyd weber and stephen sondheim edition so um you can find this on playbill.com oh Ooh. all right so aries your oh my god, there's so many pop-ups coming up. Playbill, get your act together. Ugh. Okay. Um, okay. Aries. Uh your show is gypsy. You are loud yeah. or loud. <laughs> <laughs> you are well maybe so. You're proud, seductive, and dynamic. Oof. So Gypsy, for those of you that don't know, is about a young girl and her and her family and her mother's a performer and her mother kind of like lives vicariously through her and her mother and so they're always like doing like little kid performances and stuff like that and eventually um the young girl becomes a uh a burlesque dancer to, so like, it, it is it is it is semi-autobiographical it, gypsy rose lee is a real person okay um yeah I feel like we've talked uh, about she was this really before. she was really famous into the sixties as like an adult like like she was on television on like those weird celebrity game shows. Like mm. there's this one where um she you know the one where it's like guess who this person is? Yes. Yeah, so she did it and she put marbles in her mouth because at that point her voice was so like recognizable to people. <laughs> um because it's like what her real moneymaker was, was her personality and how she talked. Um, and then it was like this book got written about uh, her mother, basically, and like telling the story of what it like, the the sort of the horribleness that kind of comes from like show moms. Yeah. Um, and then this, this musical comes out. And... and that's, it's the famous song, um, you've probably heard Everything's Coming Up Roses or... Um, if you're like me, you heard um, you heard everything's coming up Millhouse. That's where that's from. Uh, guys, that's uh, guys, I have that's to break fair. it to you. We had this exact conversation in our. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the New Year's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my goodness, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're gonna have to cut that. We're gonna have nope, to cut I'm that. keeping it. Oh, I'm keeping no. it. Okay, let's move on. We they just listened to. Yeah, it. I know it's beautiful. And the thing it's beautiful. is. We we recorded it a year ago. That's yeah. just, that's so that just makes me feel so old, like as a person. We're just <laughs> telling the same stories. So let's um, move on. Okay. Yeah. Well, the the thing that is different is that uh, Stephen Sondheim was an Aries, and so that oh. this is this is his show. Oh, yeah. Fun. Did yeah. you just okay. know that off the top of your head? Uh no no. Not just off the top of my head. In looking for this article. Oh, you know what? It says it right here on the top. In honor of the composer's shared birthday on March 22nd. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Here's your musical astrological sign. Okay, I get it. That makes sense. So what's what's Taurus? Taurus is Sunday in the Park with George. Taurus, you are focused, perceptive, and diligent. 
So I'm not super familiar with this show. It is it is probably my favorite Sondheim show, and it's a lot of people's. Um, okay, yeah, but what is really it? Really interesting. Yeah, no, it's super. Really, it's really it's really strange and really interesting. The first act of the show is just kind of telling the story of George Surratt, who's a uh, famous uh, painter, uh, famous for pointillism, uh, and he has a really famous piece called Sunday in the Park. Hence oh, okay. the show being called Sunday in the Park with George. And it's about him and his basically failing relationship and um, his struggle to uh, focus on his work. And it sort of makes him this like tragic. Um, and and I've always understood it as, um, as, uh, as him being um, neurologically divergent. That like he just like, not that's not the right phrase. What is it? Neurodivergent. Just neurodivergent. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and and it's just him with this like falling apart relationship, um, with this with this woman, and then the second act is about another artist named George, way in the future, um, going through this like art story, and he's also named George, uh, and it's sort of alluded to this idea that he's actually. Uh, George's like great great grandson. Oh, fun! Um, and that sh- and that the woman that left left him when she was pregnant, um, and and ended up you know living with someone else. Um, well, and Taurus, yeah, and that's a fun yeah, it's story this, for this you. Beautiful story about like light, and this beautiful story about um, what it means to make things and what it means to have a connection to someone. Um, really beautiful. Uh, okay, so it's a it's a it's a musical about a painter. Got it. I, I just want to clarify that the only reason we're letting William uh, get on the soapbox about these musicals and describing them is because we're on a break. And technically, I really audience, thought I'd get a, I really thought I'd get away with it. Our, our audience I, is allowed yeah. to go to the bathroom right now, so yeah, exactly. we're not. It's intermission. Yeah, we're not boring them with details. Exactly. As, like, yeah. So the frogs is about no, no, no. Okay, so Gemini. Okay, Gemini. Gemini is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Witty, entertaining, and chaotic are your adjectives. Okay, so I will. I'll, I'll quickly explain this one. Nope. Um, I was, I'll explain this one. I was in it. I, I was in it in college, whatever. Um, it centers around a man named Pseudolus who is a slave in ancient Greece and he's trying to earn his freedom. Um, he's trying to do that by his owner's son falls in love with this girl who happens to be a prostitute. And so he has to find a way to get them out of the city and get him involved with this prostitute. So that way they can leave. And he can get his freedom if he does that. That's basically, that's the real high level of it. Then turns out that the prostitute is engaged to be married to a Grecian general. Some hijinks ex- ensue. This is a farce. So just a lot of like miscommunications, people running back and forth. It's loud. It's kind of bombastic. It's very silly. Um, it's definitely of a specific time. going to let you know now. It's fun. But um, it's of a specific time. It's, it's not great at all times. Uh, it's about a little its bit ideals. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's 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 late it's late fifties, um, and uh, it's it's his first show on Broadway that really like makes a hit. Like he has a show right before 
he writes for West Side Story, but this is a show right after that and Gypsy um, when he's writing the lyrics. And someone just said to him, he's like, there's too much highbrow stuff. Can we just get some like lowbrow Greek comedy? Was yeah, essentially so... what someone said to him. And he was like, sure. It looks like and Nathan it's... Lane's in this one too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This was one of his first. Um, I, I think Mastel that I just, actually... just said that. Did you? Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes I just kind of tune out. <laughs> okay, so what's the next one? Uh, cancer. Cancer, your show is cats. You're devoted, mischievous, uh, I think that's enough. I think we can move on. Yeah, yeah we all know we cats. If you, yeah, cats is cats is cats, and I'm actually quoting the show when I say that. So we're just going to move on. Okay, Leo, you are Sunset Boulevard. You're... You're vainglorious. I've never heard this word before. Vainglorious, lavish, and mesmerizing. Okay, so uh, Sunset Boulevard. Uh, which, yeah, that's an, that's another Andrew Lloyd Webber show. Let's just move on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's if a great show. If we ever show, talk about Patty LaPone, then yeah. it matters. Sunset but. Boulevard, fantastic show. I would recommend you even just like listening to the music. The music's fantastic. You've probably heard some of it before. We'll keep going. Yeah. All right, Virgo, you're a Jesus Christ superstar. Uh, idealistic, clever, and resolute. Do you think the person who wrote this is a Virgo? Because they literally made this one Jesus Them Christ? Jesus? Yeah. Probably. Uh, mm, yeah, I could so, see it. So this unless, is, unless this person hates Andrew Lloyd Webber. Which they which might. They're definitely not a Virgo. So, high level for Jesus Christ superstar... It's the it's like the last like month or so of Jesus's life. Set That's to the like, passion. It's yeah, the it's passion. it's like it's a passion play with some seventies rock music. Music's great. All the rest of it's fine. Music's great though. Is that John um, Legend? It is John Legend. John Legend is yeah the TV he's in the revival. Of it. And you'll oh. notice in the back there's also um who's the guy that did Schools Out? Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper's in the back there. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, so Herod. yeah, he plays Herod. Herod's I, again great album. If you know would, the story of Jesus, if you don't, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to know. Um, well, can you break down the story of Jesus for us, please? Don't don't look up. Yeah, explain to us who Jesus was, not only as a man but as a figure, and how historically he kind of links up. Like, how accurate is the story based off of the the history we know? This is the section where we convert you. Sorry, yeah. evangelical. Segment. I think we should move on. I think I yeah. think I think that we should final, move on. Final thing I'm going to say: listen to this on Spotify. You don't really need to see the the, the movie. There is a movie, but I would listen to it on Spotify. It's a much better album than a movie. Oh uh, yeah. Next one. All right. Next is Libras. Uh, Libra gang, we are into the woods. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, charming, it's fanciful, Halloween. and inquisitive. It is. So so yeah. Into the Woods is they take like four or five different fairy tales. The first half is those fairy tales like happening um, kind of like a really high level of like, oh, the, um, Princess and the Pea, I believe is one of them. Uh, Little Red Riding Hood, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then the second half. I don't half, think Princess and the Pea is one. It's, it's not Princess. It's Rapunzel and it's Cinderella. Rapunzel. Thank and you. It's Rapunzel, Cinderella. It's Jack and the Beanstalk. It's Little Red Riding Hood. It's uh, then the story of the baker, which I don't know if that's like an actual one. Yeah, that one might be. It might uh, be. But, but so, yeah. so they've got the fairy tales. Um, 
The first act is them happening. The second act is kind of like, what's their life like after that? Um, and yeah. like some of the fallout of their decisions. And if all of these were in one place, what would happen? It's great music. Um, this is kind of like, in my opinion, where Sondheim like gets known for his... Uh, he's very repetitive in his kind of like... Uh, you, think, it's very, you think it's now? You don't think it's like company? I would say just because of the movie, because because oh, it's for, that, oh you mean for people you mean for people nowadays mainstream this yes is this mainstream show that kind mainstream, of like no yeah. best known work right now I would say is into the one of them is into the woods because it is the outside it, of theater people yes yeah. and it, and it's known for um it uses the same theme over and over again but it does it in a lot of interesting ways he likes to stack the same song on top of itself like three or four times at slightly different times. It's kind. This is one of the shows where he gets his, where where he gets his um, reputation as being a very technical uh, composer, um, things like that. So, anything to add, or should we move on? Let's move on, Scorpio. I'm, Scorpio. I would be. I would assume not me. Yeah, because you don't really care about what I have to say. I'm sorry, what, Olivia. What was that? Scorpio. Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio, you get assassins, vengeful, overpowering, and deadly. Wow, they're really tapping Jesus into the Christ. dark side of Scorpio. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's hmm, yeah. Looks like Johnny you know Depp is in this production. Johnny Depp isn't. I don't think Johnny Depp. That's not Johnny Depp in the center. <laughs> is no, it's it Neil not? Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. That's also yes, not Neil maybe. Patrick Harris in the center there. I'm, I'm not sorry. That is picture. absolutely just not that. Neil Patrick Harris. I just know Neil Patrick Harris plays Lee Harvey Oswald. That's not the... Johnny Depp. That looks so Johnny Depp like. No, that is no. the guy who owns the law firm in Legally Blonde who comes on to Reese Witherspoon. <gasps> Oh, but he's also been in Rent. Like he's a big musical theater guy. What is that guy? That's um, I can't remember his name. But yeah, okay. Anyway, not important. But so um, what? I think his name is John. I, I love it. So what is Assassins? I know nothing about Assassins. Uh, it's a weird, uh, like, uh, mind fuck of a story in which uh, we have a narrator going through like all of the United States history of people who went to kill. Uh, who tried to kill a president and goes oh. through all of them. And then you find out that the narrator is Lee Harvey Oswald. And he's basically <laughs> having this like weird esoteric, like you have to do it. And it's like really fucking, it's really weird. The musical is, the music's great because it cycles through um, so many different stylings based on it's that all the music is very related to the character that's speaking it. Okay. Um, and it starts with John Wilkes Booth and it goes all the way through. There's a really, really uncomfortable song that's this like 70s love song that's sung by uh, Squeaky From and um, the guy who tried to, sh- the other person who tried to kill Reagan, um, who I can't remember his name, but he was in love with Jodie Foster. Yes, he, he, he tried to it. kill Reagan. Oh. Jodie Foster was a Foster. child. Yeah, so it's this love song in which Squeaky is talking to. Uh, Charles Manson, and then this guy's talking to, is singing to Jody, and it's like, fuck. Mm. Like, this is just, this is so creepy. And it, yeah. the, the song is so beautiful, and that's what makes it so creepy, because it's just like, I am nothing, you are wind and water and sky, Jody, and you're like, oh god, this is a child, and it's just, mm, buddy. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a, I would not want to be assassins as a musical. Well, too bad. It's just a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. That's Scorpio for you. That's let's Scorpio move, for you. Let's move on to Sagittarius. <laughs> All right, Sag, Sag gang. Um, oh. Company is your musical because you are amusing, uninhibited, and inviting. Company. So company. Yeah. company. Company. Company is... Um, the probably the most like uh on the most realistic of his shows uh it's just about people that live in new york uh nothing fantastical happens it's just about this dude who doesn't really want to settle down but kind of does and the people he knows from it and that's it that's all that that show's about cool awesome (laughs) that's company some of the some of the most beautiful music i think the most recent rendition they gender flipped everybody. Oh, cool! So, so yeah. look that up on Spotify. Um, the most recent or any of the uh, previous ones. It's been on Broadway like twelve thousand times, and off so Broadway you can probably find like at least ten different recordings on Spotify of the music if you want to. Interestingly enough, if you do go see it, uh, keep in mind that it's the most dated of his work uh, because it makes jokes about answering machines and it makes jokes about um like uh uh needlepoint because it's just so 70s and so oh yeah time it's really it's a really interesting take to go back into Uh, cool okay well then um let's move on to capricorn capricorn your show is evita glamorous compelling and authoritative that does describe evita uh yeah what is it? I actually don't know anything about Avita. Uh, Avita, really simply, is an Andrew Lloyd Webber show uh, about the wife of the dictator of Argentina during the time of Che Guevara. Sure, sure. So Andrew when it was Lloyd on, Webber. yeah, yeah. Uh, its original cast was Patty Lapone as Avita and Mandy Patinkin as Che Guevara. Mandy, she's just super white. I thought super Mandy Patinkin. Dress was latino is he i don't know or has he just been is he just been in has he just been playing a latino for so long that i assumed he was yeah i think you're just you're yeah. just trying to because like princess bride mm-hmm. yeah. yeah okay well let's not stop on evita for too long because everything about that doesn't sound great let's end with a bad well let's what's what's the next one we're not ending. <laughs> so close aquarius is starlight express innovative quirky and energetic so i want to i'm going to tell you what starlight express is in one sentence anthropomorphic magic space trains yeah on skates right yes on skates that's it that's it that's all you need to know about starlight express wouldn't recommend listening to it wouldn't recommend seeing it it is the most 70s show, 60s, 70s cocaine-fueled show of all time. Um, I feel like yeah. I'd like to see it just because it is shockingly weird. It, it's it a makes, it's a jukebox, isn't it? I, I don't know. I'm it pretty makes, sure it is a jukebox. It makes cats feel normal. That's all you need to know, is it makes cats seem like something that was a good idea. I hope they do an updated movie. They version. never can. They never will. And they're real and do trains. Not put that, do not put that out in the universe. CGI do trains. Do not need that. With mouths. It's been a rough... Like Thomas. It's been a rough couple of years. We don't need this right now. 
I don't think we as a species could survive it. Let's move on. All right, Pisces, you're Phantom of the Opera. Grandiose, dark, and emotional. This is like everyone who just got into musical theater's favorite musical. Yes. Actually, now it's Hamilton. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, this if is you like just got into musical theater. It's because is, of Hamilton. Yeah, this is every English major's like favorite musical for some reason. Yes. Like. Yes. It's like, but it's so cool. It's got a, it's got an electric guitar, and they're singing opera. It's a rock opera. If you've never seen it, it's about the Phantom of the Opera. Rock. I, yeah. What? Uh, nothing I say is oh. matters right now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> It's a. It's fine. I've given up. <laughs> no, I just didn't hear it. I, this time I didn't actually hear it. I'm not. This time I'm not uh, being rude. I just didn't hear you. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> what really do you love this musical, like, William? Oh, oh, uh, I have, I have no thoughts about Phantom of the Opera. That's probably smart. You don't want people coming for you. People will come for I you don't. if you have yeah. strong feelings about this musical. Okay, well. I think we're we're at it. This is uh, end of the intermission for us. The lights are going down. Go ahead and make your way back to your seats, and we will finish up the show. So the frogs is about Dionysus, and it's just Dionysus looking for this all this stuff. Uh, he's, what he's doing is he's trying to find this. Uh, okay, uh, you know I'm just. I've decided to move on. I've decided, you know what? I'm just going to let, let's talk about a different show. I, I I know that you guys don't, I don't even want to mention the show we were talking about before. I get it. I understand, but you know, I'm, we're going to, let's talk about one of his more well-known shows because I know you guys know the show and then we can just talk about it. We can talk about how great it is and we can talk about the on you stay that just shows up in all of the music and I will be happy and, and content so let's talk about, you know, uh, the the Johnny Depp vehicle that it is, the thing that really just makes Hot Topic uh, be able to exist. Let's talk about Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Um, hmm. Have you heard of that one, Olivia? Todd, the Demon uh, Barber you... of Fleet Street. Sweeney Todd. You is that the one? Is that the one that, like, he moves to Hollywood? And he's, like, oh. a really good, like, is he, like, a hairstylist? Oh, yeah. And then there's, like, there's, like, a competing barbershop across the street. Okay. Okay. Now, now, is he, like, oh, oh, this is the one where he's, like, the bad boy I of L.A. that just moved in. And he's, like, the demon barber. I don't barber. think there is yeah, any other one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And the other guy, his name is Angel, and that's kind of, like, the fun of it. <laughs> is yeah. Like, he's, like, Angel the barber. Like, and he's, like, a... He makes all of like these really nice and like quaffed and it's it's kind of set in the 70s so there's a lot of like asymmetrical bobs in there that, like that Angel makes and then he's coming in there with that like punk rock kind of mm-hmm. like 80s rock haircuts mm-hmm. and like really like shaking up the scene, right? Yes. I'm, yes. I'm really upset that there actually is a Fleet Street in LA. Yeah. Um, that's on yeah. Venice Beach. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, okay, he invented okay, so, the Mohawk, right? Yes. Okay, so so how does that start? How how does that one start? I think um so I think it starts like when he's a kid and he decides his brother needs a haircut. Okay. And so he decides to cut his brother's hair 
and he gives them the first iconic mohawk. But they live in I, like yes, they live in the yes. middle of Indian Indianapolis, and yeah, somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, in the middle and, of nowhere. And then he, and then they're like, you could really make a, a start. And like then they have the montage song of him like learning how to cut hair and getting even better. Um, really pushing the boundaries. It's kind of like a rock musical. Like, he's got yeah. that rock and roll kind of vibe. And then, like, he moves to L.A. And he's like, I'm going to make it in the big city. Very kind of <laughs> yes, like early modern that. Millie. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes. Okay. And so, and then they have this, like, he can't find it anywhere. He, um, so he ends up working at this shop, some old barber shop. You know, it's got the old kind of, like, red and white stripe oh, yeah. pole. And they allow him to sleep in the apartment upstairs. Like, he's just, like... And, like, he starts, he's just, like, shampooing and um, just sweeping hair. And they have that really great song. It's, like, uh, f- first step shampoo, next step conquer or something like that. I can't quite yeah. remember. Yeah, because yeah. that's where he's, uh, he, he makes, like, a businessman in town. Yes. And he, they become, like, really good friends. And the businessman is, like... Dude, if you want to get people into your shop, you gotta get them. You gotta give them a little shock value, and that's why he comes up with the, with the demon name because he's like people yes. are like demon barber. What's that mean? He's yes. he's demented, evil. Yeah, and, is he and devil? after like yes, yes, and after working for a little while with that um the old man at the barber shop that he li- that he lives above, he's the old man's like. You know, I'm retiring, and I'm going to give you your shop, and you can be the demon barber. That's a really good voice. Thank you. Old man Thank you. Voice. I've been working. I love the show, so I've been working on it. I really, I've always wanted to play the old man in the show. Yeah. William, you've been really quiet about this. Yeah, yeah, I have I thought been. you loved I this have, musical. I yeah, I thought this was a great um, musical. It, yeah, no, uh, I do. I love, I love the one that Stephen Sondheim wrote. Great. So and then so then he starts he kind of like takes the world by storm. He's got that big song about like um, the the devil's in the detail. That's a great song. Oh yeah. And then Angel shows up and that like that's the intermission right there. The angel shows up and is like, I am back from Milan or something like that. And he's like, I am ready to take my place back on Hollywood Boulevard. And 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 the angel is who gave Fair Fawcett her iconic feathered. Yes, the iconic Fair Fawcett. Yes. And so now, why why don't why don't you just make this story about Patty Hearst and be done with it? You know, like Patty Hearst. William, we didn't make this musical. Sondheim did. What are you talking about? Oh my god. I remember this vividly. This does sound like the John Waters version of Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Like, it does seem like how you would write this story. Uh, totally, so, no. Well, like, but we're guys, not, but, but we're not guys, done. We're, we, everybody needs to know. So after the intermission, with that's when they decide they're going to have a big competition on who gets to stay in the, on the street. Yeah. Yes, it's the big competition. Yeah, they, like, pull people off of the street that are just walking by, and they, like, spin them around and give them a haircut real quick, and they yes. come out. There are so many little similarities that you keep pulling in that makes me so, think you're doing And then at the very end, there's the big song. There's the big song that's um, Devil on Your Shoulder. Mm. That's like the big number. Or are you, um, You're going to go for the same joke twice? Yeah. And I ain't going to try No, this is Sondheim's joke. So blame it yeah, on him if Sondheim it's likes to Sondheim likes to revisit ideas. So I'm just revisiting. He's just revisiting the idea. Yeah. I thought you liked that about him, William. You're going to Full get Full circle. Yes, yeah. and and then I've got oh, 
this that does okay so that's why i remember this the movie that they made you're, about you're this, pushing me to a life of crime the the movie that this was made about like you said johnny depp vehicles edward scissorhands right yes right this is like the prequel to scissorhands yes. right or the yes. sequel well well edward scissorhands is the prequel yeah. 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 It's, yes. yes 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 that makes sense okay now i understood why this you were feels like up. a personal attack listeners if you are listening Come to my home. I will dox myself right now and kill me. So, just, um, just so, wow. so William, that is yes. Sweeney Todd, the demon barber of Fleet Street. Yeah, sure. I can't sure, believe you're sure. being so you know disrespectful what? to Sondheim right it's now, the, William. It's the fucking demon barber of Fleet Street. That's what it is. It's just about, it's basically like never mess with the Zohan, uh, but they, he stays in LA. That's, you're right. You're 100% right. This is just an Adam Sandler vehicle. I got it. Okay. Cool. cool. Why hasn't you know what, Adam you Sandler? You want to do another one? You want you want no, no, to no, do another no, one? No, before let's, we go let's... on, why you know, hasn't I've Adam always... Sandler made a new musical? The last one he made was Eight Crazy Nights, and it was great. Why hasn't he yeah. made another musical? I, you know, I think that that's a great idea that we should go. What? What? Let's let's pitch a musical to Adam Sandler next episode. I think Sondheim okay. is the yeah. original let's Sandler. I think it's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> And now Adam Sandler has to take the reins now that Sondheim is in musical heaven with Angel the Barber, as we all know. Exactly. Angel the Barber. Did we forget to mention that there is a subplot where um, somebody who lives down the street from him is killing people and turning them into pie? Oh, yeah. That was so weird. I hate you so much. I hate everything that you just said. But, you know, <laughs> this is on purpose. You know, I know like, that's probably you know, that's like the big start, stretch. Like, why would yeah, yeah? I didn't, I didn't include it because like that's the part that people sometimes like say, oh, it's a little unrealistic. Yeah, so, you know, oh, it's a little. Unre- you're a little. You're a little unrealistic. I. You. Why are you getting you, so defensive? Why? Yeah. God. You know, you're right. You know what? I should. I. I'm. I'm not doing what my doctor says. I'm just. I. Yeah. You know, I talk about you guys all the time Aww. to my doctor. That's yeah, sweet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I get it. You came in to be the Sondheim expert, and we're kind of dunking on you with all of our Sondheim knowledge. I know. I know. So yep, that's this? exactly that's exactly what's happening. So that's, so you can know, you give so. us? Let's let's do one more. One more that yeah, I, we're gonna that, do okay, one more. I'm not... gonna choose one. I don't. I'm just, I'm just gonna choose one. I don't care about. Okay. Uh, okay. He did a. There's a musical he did that's originally for television. I've never seen it. I just like you know I know about it from like reading up on him. Um, and let's see what you guys come up with on this one, because, of course, it's going to be correct. Um, okay. uh, it was called Evening Primrose. Um, go oh. ahead. Go ahead and try. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure this is going to be great. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to have a great time. Evening um, Primrose. Y- you know what? Evening Primrose. You know, it just come up with whatever you want about that. You know, you know what that reminds me of? Uh-huh. The, 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 the term Evening Primrose, um... Well, in evening primrose is its own. Um, it's a it's a flower itself, uh-huh. and you make an oil for it. It's for things like aches and pains, I believe. Uh-huh. But it's such a beautiful name. It reminds me of a poet, like uh, something you would put in poems, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I was gonna say it reminds me of like one of those kiosks in a mall where they sell like <laughs> random Why? shit to you. Oh, like, 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 oh, oh, evening primrose hairspray. Yeah, like the oil, okay. you know, like that would be at one of those weird kiosks where they just like stare at you until you make eye contact. Okay. Like, Come yeah, on, I get that. try my oil. 
Okay, so um, okay, so this is a so we're gonna do a poet and something to do. It would be a poet and something to do with like a mall or maybe like a department store. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so a poet at a department store. What's next? So, so evening, evening, evening Primrose. <laughs> yeah, so got something to do with evening. Right. He's okay. Okay. This is the best story because everyone wants to get locked in a mall at night. Yes, everybody wants to spend a night in a mall. Yes, that's I love like it. The okay, dream. keep going. Right. Yeah, so, so he, so he like spends a night in the mall because whatever he's looking for inspiration because he's a poet okay. right yeah because he's, he's a poet he's got no money he's yeah. got nowhere to live yeah exactly he's, just he's one of those kinds of sleep. yeah and pray tell what is this poet's name i don't know what do you think it is yeah w- um wasn't it like uh joey or something it doesn't what, matter what does it matter you know what you, you know what my favorite um, my favorite musical, and we'll just pull that because my favorite musical is You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Fantastic. It's a beautiful show if you haven't seen it. So let's go with, uh, I don't know, Charles. Charles is the poet's name. Charles. Okay, Charles. <clears throat> Wonderful. So Charles is in the mall and okay. he's... Oh, okay, okay. And, and then after he... close, and let's say, let's say he, he sings a song. He sings a nice song about like staying in here. He's like against the world, and uh, yeah. let's call it um. If you can find me, I'm here. That's the name <gasps> oh, of the song. That's Son of great. A bitch. That's so good. And then and then okay okay here's where it gets weird because okay, he's okay. in there and there are other people in there too. Um, Why would there be other people in this mall? Like, what are they doing in this mall? That's a good question. I can't remember. Oh, let's see. Um. I guess they were living there secretly or something. No shit, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Okay, so there's like a tribe of people that are secretly living in this mall, kind of like mole people? So, yeah. This okay. reminds me of, of a musical we tried you to create mole. one time. <laughs> yes, it is mole people. Thank you, William. Thank you for yeah. being a, a... Thank you for contributing, finally. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, okay. Um, all right, buddy. Olivia? Okay, and then, oh, man. Well, you know, I think... You know what? Huh. You know what? Sondheim, he loves, like, even though he's, like, a technical kind of out there sometimes, he loves the traditional story. He mm-hmm. loves a traditional kind of, like, love story. So maybe we need a love love story angle there. Maybe oh, that's he, good. Maybe Charles the poet meets meets somebody there yeah. that he kind of, like, becomes to fall, begins to fall in love with. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yes. And, and you know what? This is... And, and you know what? We could even make it more kind of like a Cinderella story there. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, because it's a little bit more modern. They're a department store. We'll take this. We'll just make it Ella. So Charles and Ella end up falling in love. <laughs> like Cinderella. Yes. Oh, man. oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. But the twist is she's a mannequin. She's a mannequin. Huh. You know, no, you know, that's a little too close to the movie Mannequin. Oh, you're right. You're right. So maybe, but maybe we can put that in there. Maybe they they like pretend to be mannequins during the day or at night to get around <laughs> yeah. the security guards. That's yes, brilliant. I like that. And so, um, maybe maybe we focus on Ella a little bit. Ella wants to leave. She's got bigger, brighter ideas, but she's scared. She, um, how how did she end up in this mall? How how long has she been in here? Has she been here for a while? I think she's been in there. Who? Um. For years, like she hasn't seen the she hasn't seen the sun in years because it's no. She's so like, just been mulling I guess she out. Just like, 
So she must have just like fallen asleep like in that. She must have fall asleep while her mom was shopping or something and her mom <laughs> left her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's like Joe Dirt. Yes. Just like Joe Dirt. We'll use it. We'll use the inspiration from Joe Dirt. Yeah. And I so she's been there for years. She's been there since she was a child. She's never, she hasn't seen the sun in years. <laughs> but you know what? But she remembers it and she wants to see the sun again. So she has a song. Maybe it's called I Remember that she sings with Charles mm. about how important the sun is. This is great. Okay. This is great. So then eventually, um, you know, maybe they're like playing cards or something. They're just hanging out with a group of people and they decide. Uh-huh. 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 And they decide that, you know what? We are going to leave. Um, and Ella's like, yes, let's do this. Let's leave. She wants to go with Charles and she sings a song maybe like, uh, take me to another world, take me to the world, something like that. Yeah. But but Charles, he wants to stay. He likes being a mall person. He likes being a mall person. So he just kind of chills. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. But but then, so he doesn't want to leave, but maybe, so so they need to, maybe that's the conflict. Is he wants, he doesn't want to leave, but she does. And then maybe she convinces him somehow. What do you think? Yeah, I think that works. Like they decide to okay. leave together. Okay, so, so they want to leave, but let's say maybe a member, like the leader of the mall people, doesn't want them to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And so sense. she, yeah, so she calls the, the leader of the mall peeper, people, excuse me, the leader of the mall people. She's like, you know, you can't leave. We don't want anybody blowing up our spot and letting them know that people live in here. So um, she calls the the security guards. Let's call them um, dark men. They don't, they don't like them. They, they call them dark men because oh. they show up in the dark and they're all mysterious. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they, so Ella and Charles are trying to escape. And then, uh, and then everything kind of fades to black during the, during the, um, them trying to escape. And then we open up on a busy street and it looks like Charles and Ella are walking on the busy street. And then they turn <laughs> around, but then they turn around and um, it's not them. Oh my God. Where did they go? Did they make it? But then we have one final kind of, beautiful kind of almost like painterly shot uh-huh uh and you see ella and charles in the window kind of like mannequins and they're they're dressed like they're about to get married yes that's beautiful oh i my love God, it i love it and then we end on that that is so that it's a bit of a stretch but i like it but i like it so yeah so william how what did what did sondheim do because you know, this one specifically, I feel like we could have we, we, we could have done a little bit better. We just kind of like tried to ping pong. We probably could have taken another pass at it. So so what yeah. did Sondheim do? Because I bet he did a better job. Oh, so you're going to make the assumption on this one that you are making it up. You know, this yes. whole time you've been like, no, this is what Sondheim did. Well, I mean, a couple of them we and thought we this... did better than Sondheim. Like we, yeah. we, we knew that we didn't like do it right. But, you know, it's yeah. like our idea oh, was cooler. Oh, yeah, you, you pieces. You... Ah, man. Uh, I feel like this was, um, and and maybe this is my own delusion. Uh, maybe I, I felt like this was just an attack on me. Cause like, no, what's the, what's the synopsis of this one? I, uh, I believe that it is that I, you got it. You got it guys. You did it. Uh, no, that can't be right. <laughs> Wait, you're just joking. Yep, that's right. No, we yeah, came up with this it. one in like five minutes. Yeah. No, this can't yeah, be right. Yeah, uh, you fucking did it. I don't know if you are lying or not, um, but I'm not happy. I'm not happy about how my day has gone today. Um, thank you. But actually, you know what? 
you know what? Um, we have to end. We call it's re- we wrote the book, um, but we also need to write the music. We try to do that every episode. So let's let's just take a a random song, like because we came up with random songs mm-hmm. for this show. So let's just have William give us one of those shows. Because I know you love to write the music for us, William. So we wanted to give you something fun. So um, how about I, the... I, you're you're really putting me in a, a difficult position? So how about um, let's to... just I'm gonna completely spitball. Absolutely no idea what it could be about. Um, I'm just going to throw this in there and we don't know if we don't really know, uh, cause I know nothing again. I know nothing about this show. Um, but, oh, what would we call it? Um, the song where Ella wants to leave. So let's, uh, take me to the world. Um, yeah. Yeah. Take me to the world. So, uh, this has been, uh, uh this has been, no. we wrote the book. Uh, I'm, I'm Christian Adderholt. Okay. I guess yeah. I'm Olivia Wise. And I'm William Solar. I know everything about the Sondheim. Yeah, I, I, I guess bye because William's just losing it. What, what, you know what? Next week, we'll have somebody a little bit better. We promise. New year, new guest. There you go. Bye, everybody. Bye. The Frogs is about Dionysus and he just... He- Hey again, thank you for listening to We Wrote the Book. If you liked what you heard, give us a follow on Spotify, and maybe leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, a special thanks to Jason Curran for our theme music. Bye!